This is Naara Caraballo for Career Views, a podcast of the Massachusetts Commission for the Blind, or MCB. And I am excited to be here today with Jim Badger and Marcel Layson, both rehabilitation teachers. And in today's episode, we will be talking about rehab teaching. Welcome, Jim and Marcel. Hi. Hi. Thank you, Naara. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Um, so to start, I want to ask you both, what is rehabilitation teaching and how does it fit in with vocational rehabilitation services? Uh, Jim, you want me to take this one first or you want to take oh, okay. it? Okay. Uh, so rehabilitation teaching is you know, a specialized discipline that works primarily with people living with visual impairments and blindness. And the focus of rehab teachers or RT for short uh, is to provide instruction and in adaptive independent living skills. Um, um, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, well, I was going to go into the role of the RT is to teach uh, the person skills that would allow them to live independently at home, to obtain employment, and be part of the community. And the teaching can occur at home or in the community or at a job site. And this ties directly with VR services because the RT's role is to teach a person how to be independent in the areas of like communication, activities of daily living, and for some clients, the use of low vision strategies. Uh, so for example, RTs teach organization strategies, meal preparation, and I don't know, use of adaptive technologies such as uh, video magnifier. And these are essential skills that are necessary for someone living with vision loss uh, to work independently. Okay, so um, now I want to ask you, how is it decided that someone needs RT services and how is a plan developed to deliver those services? Um, generally, the way it's decided is, especially in vocational rehabilitation, which we call VR for short, um, we have a lot of initials. Um, so in VR, generally the way it works is that a person will meet with a counselor, with a, with a VR counselor, a vocational rehabilitation counselor, and that person will explain to them all the different services that are available at the Commission for the Blind, which could include things like orientation and mobility, which is how you travel independently and safely outside, um, technology, assistive technology, which is adaptive technology for people who are blind or visually impaired, and rehabilitation teaching, which is our part. And so a lot of the way that happens is that the counselor will do um, a, an initial interview with the person and talk about what things are going well in their life, what things they may be having difficulty with, um, to kind of get an assessment of how long they may have, um, are, have been blind or visually impaired and whether they've um, already learned some of these skills and whether um, there are skills that they need to brush up on or that they may need to be starting from scratch. It may be somebody who is, has just had significant visual loss, vision loss, that um, will need to learn skills that they would never would have had to learn because most of the information you get from your senses, a huge amount of it comes from vision. So, um, so at that point, um, an agreement will be made with the person that one of the things that they may benefit from is re vision rehabilitation um, or RT. 
And so at that point, then I, uh, we as RTs get a referral from the counselor saying, this person um, could use, sometimes they'll give us a, ge a general thing, like, please go out and do a full assessment. Sometimes um, the referral will be about specific skills that are of particular importance to the client. And so we'll go out and see the person. Um, right now, this is mostly happening remotely because of the COVID crisis, but we would go out and see the person and um, go through the different areas of their daily life, both of their home life and their work life, what things they're particularly having a hard time with, what things may be um, of priority to them. Um, and we work out a plan with the person uh, to prioritize and to figure out what areas they may, if they have some vision, where it might be helpful to maximize the use of the vision they have, um, and where it might be helpful for the person to learn a non-visual way to do this, something that they used to do visually. And that may involve techniques that the person can learn. It can also involve devices that we may be able to provide um, to the person, which could include just basic things like kitchen, adaptive kitchen devices, or could involve technology. Great. Um, so now I would like for you to talk a little bit about what are some of the challenges clients can expect as they learn new skills? Um, so in my experience, some of the challenges that individuals can expect, uh, depending on the client, uh, on their level of vision loss, that could be a challenge. Uh, one challenge could be the learning of like multiple strategies, uh, because often uh, clients might need to learn multiple multiple adaptations, strategies, uh, and use of different equipment. Like Jim mentioned, uh, the different adaptations can be done for every uh, area of, of life. Uh, and sometimes this can be overwhelming uh, for a person. And other challenges a person can expect is an adjustment to vision loss, uh, adjustment to changing in how to accomplish specific tasks, whether somebody was doing it with low vision. And like Jim mentioned earlier, somebody has a significant uh, level of vision loss, they might have to use more what we call, you know, blindness techniques instead of low vision techniques. So that's a big adjustment for someone. Uh, and learning of new technology. Uh, there's new technology that comes out uh, that they have to learn and keep up with. And depending on their comfort level with different technology, that could be a challenge. I'd like to add something to that, which is um, I actually am legally blind. So I, um, I've i been blind my whole life. So I, uh, for me, it, it, hasn't, it hasn't been that kind of adjustment because it's always been the same. But I can say, um, having lived my whole life as a blind person, that um, there are also issues that people have to deal with around changes in their relationships, in their family. Um, you know, they may have been the principal driver of the family and they can't drive anymore. Um, there are real losses that people experience and that um, are hard for a lot of people to, to accept. And um, learning how to navigate through social situations that they may not, um, that, that, that are going to be new, you know, going to a place like a family wedding where you know everybody there, but you can't identify anybody right away, except maybe by voices, um, 
and sometimes having to educate people in your life about what you are capable of doing and what you may need some assistance doing and um, dealing with other people's stereotypes of what blindness is. Um, like, for example, that for a lot of people, a lot of people think of blindness as having absolutely no vision, which is true for a small percentage of people who are legally blind. But um, people will often have to deal with questions like, you said you were blind, but you just saw that, you just saw that, um, that pole in front of you. And so there's, there are adjustments like that as well. So now I want to ask you, um, why are these skills so important? And does everyone receive the same plan when they begin? Um, I would say that all of these skills are very important because the goals of RTs are to teach individuals independent living skills in the areas of communication, daily living, and use of functional vision. So it's very important for someone to be able to uh, adapt themselves and learn these skills so that they can live independently, obtain employment, go to school, um, and be part of their community. And I will let Jim elaborate a little bit more. Um, we'll definitely want to hear his perspective on this answer. One of the things that I say to people, because, you know, I do, I do get a lot of personal questions being an RT who is, who is also blind. Um, People will ask me all kinds of things. Do you, do you, are you married? Do you have kids? Do you, um, you know, do you go on trips? How do you travel around? Um, one of the things that I say to everyone is that there's a big difference between being visually impaired or blind and not having the skills to do it. It's almost like, you know, if you were fluent in a certain language and all of a sudden you were plopped in the middle of Germany and you don't speak a word of German. And so for a while, when people are, are their first experience, especially if they've had sudden vision loss or extreme vision loss, is that the person may feel like they can't do anything. And I, I try to emphasize to people, that's the hardest time of all. It's the feeling that you can't accomplish your most basic tasks of the day. And um, that there's a huge difference between being a person who's blind that does not have the skills to be blind and a person who does have the skills. And, you know, no matter what, it's going to take more skill and more organization, more um, planning, more, there's less spontaneity in some ways if you're blind because there are added things that you have to think about, but that these things are manageable. And other than, you know, flying an airplane or driving a car and they're working on the cars, um, um, there really isn't much that a, that a person who's blind can't do, that a person who's sighted can do, as long as you learn the skills. Yeah, and that's correct, Jim. I, I wanted to address the second part of the question uh, regarding how the plan, if the plans are the same for everyone. And the short answer to that is no. Um, you know, the, the plans are going to vary depending on the individual's needs and uh, their education, their prior knowledge of different skills, um, what their goals are, uh, what we as RTs have identified as needs for that person. Uh, for example, I think we have alluded to this. Uh, there's a difference of teaching skills for someone who may have functional low vision 
and someone who uh, has, uh, you know, no vision that has total blindness. So the, the approach is going to be different for each client. So an example could be uh, someone with low vision can use a, a magnifier uh, for reading and for doing the daily tasks. And they may not necessarily need to learn Braille because they can use different adaptive equipment to read materials for work or for living independently. So um, now I want to ask you both, what is your favorite part of being Arsnes? Well, I would say, it's hard to pick one. Um, it's a really fun job. I have to say, of the of the jobs in the agency, no offense to any of my coworkers, I think it's one of the most fun jobs in the whole place um, because you really get to work with people sometimes for a really long period of time and see people go from feeling like they may not be able to do hardly anything to being able to, being able to manage every independent skill that you can imagine. And being there in a moment when somebody... Um, suddenly this light bulb goes off that, wow, you know, I really could do that. I did it. I did it. And it, it sometimes can be a very simple thing, like uh, being able to operate the microwave independently after we put a few um, what we call bump dots that are like little stickers that you can feel where the numbers are. And you may only put one on the 30 second, the start and the stop. And the feeling when the when the person says, to just be present for that when the person realizes, I really can do this. I could really do this. It's a great moment. And I, the other one for me is I use all this stuff. I, I mean, I know, because um, I've been at this a while, I'm not going to tell you how old I am. Um, but most of the stuff that we actually now offer to people and are able to provide as devices and equipment and some of the techniques didn't exist years ago. And so... I've seen this all develop, and I, I use almost everything I teach people how to use. Um, I use in my own life, and I, and I know what a difference they make to me, and I, I can picture what a difference that they'll be able to make for someone else. Thank you, Jim, for that. I I will piggyback on that by saying that I also love it uh, when you have that moment with, with someone that like that spark goes off and they're confident in themselves and they've been able to learn something. Um, I also love it when actually when a client teaches me something that they learned independently because that actually shows a level of independence that is what we're trying to creating people like we are trying to teach these strategies and adaptations but to take it a step further is to advocate for yourself and teach yourself and you know just kind of try to find the answer to to how do you do this and how can I do this and I think that's a great thing and the other thing I would say that is favorite about for, for this job for me is I love my job and it has to do be with the, what, the type of person I am. And it's going to sound a little selfish, but I love my job because it combines parts of me that are parts of who I really am. And, you know, I'm somebody who loves to teach and I, and I love to see how somebody grows 
uh, as I'm teaching them uh, different skills. I just wanted to piggyback on one last part of what Marcel said about when someone figures out something on their own. Um, I love it when somebody figures out something that I've been working with for years and I never realized <laughs> it had that aspect to it. Um, I really enjoy that. But because in the end, there's not always going to be an RT in your house with you when you've got to figure something out. And one of the things that blindness teaches you, if nothing else, it teaches you patience. That's one thing. But one thing it teaches you is is to become a master of what we call workarounds. It's like you something you have to do and you you can't do it visually and you you have to figure out like how am I gonna get around this? What's the how could I if I can't do it this way, what would be another way to do it? And getting the person to sort of become their own RT in the end, it's um it's a really important skill to have. It's a really important skill. And I, um, I really love that too, is seeing someone be able to do that where they don't really need me anymore to teach, the, to teach, to teach them. And that's the ultimate goal, isn't it, Jim? Just yeah. get someone to the point that they really do not need us. That is the, that is the goal. Mm-hmm. Very, very inspiring answers. <laughs> I love them. Um, so, of course, you know, we are going through very, you know, challenging times due to the pandemic that's going on right now. So I want you to talk a little bit about what challenges you have to face um, due to the COVID situation and rehab teaching. Uh, personally, I mean, I understand COVID has brought a lot of challenges to, you know, the whole world. Uh, but for me specifically, and with rehab teaching, uh, the difficulty was transitioning from doing a, a job that was pretty much hands-on at first or done in very close proximity and to quickly, fast, and in a hurry, having to adapt all those strategies of teaching to do it remotely. At the same time, learning the technology to be able to provide the service. Uh, so that was the biggest challenge, just that we have to really adapt and be flexible and we had to do it very quickly. Yeah, we did have to do it quickly and it's and it has developed over time. There are things that we're doing now like magnifier assessments. So when somebody needs a particular um, level of magnification um, for a, a handheld magnifier, so it looks like a magnifying glass with a light. Um, I would never have thought that we could do that remotely. But now we send a chart out to the person and they read from the chart and we read our own version that tells us the level of magnification. And it takes, you know, like a week and a half to do something I used to be able to do in 15 minutes or half an hour. But we have been able to do it. And so in a way, we have had to also be our own masters of the workaround. And um, you know, and we've we have worked really closely with our colleagues who are also RTs. People have come up with ideas and shared them with each other. Um, I would say one of the challenges for me also has been that uh, I really do think of myself as a very independent person who's blind. And I mean, I've been at this for a long time, but all of a sudden. Every place I go, it's all unpredictable now. And I've had to kind of 
adjust to needing help more than I usually do. And that's something that I've had to communicate to people that, you know, even though our goal right now is to maximize independence, that's always been our goal. Sometimes you just have to be aware that maybe going to the store yourself right now where it takes longer and you can't figure out the arrows in the store means that you may have to ask a family member for assistance or a friend for assistance. And that, um, I know for me, it's been kind of an identity thing to really have to come to terms with. So, and I can see where it is for a lot of clients. On the other hand, we've involved a lot more family members because we can't teach hands-on. A lot of what we teach, we're actually putting our hand, what we do hand over hand, what we call hand over hand, where you, you're putting your hand on the person's hand or they're putting their hand on your hand to show how to do something. We've had to learn how to do this by video, you know, on Zoom or FaceTime with a family member and get the family member to do it. And um, so it's that's been challenging. But on the other hand, it's been gratifying to see that you can still do it with another person there. It's it's almost like the, the ultimate phoning it in. Yeah, and you're right, Jim. I mean, there have been challenges, but there are some positive things that have come out of this as well. Uh, for example, in my experience, I've been able to, to meet with more people clients uh, that are able to do it uh, virtually so I can have more meetings and with them and because I don't have to drive to someone's home I can just you know log in on my computer and set a date and time with them and we're connected within a couple of clicks in a couple of minutes um, so that's been a, a benefit of this and I think it's something that could continue if the client has access uh, and has learned the skills uh, that would allow them to, to be independent on a computer or smart device. Uh, so there are challenges, but also it has brought some positive uh, situations that I think will help us as RTs in the future. I think that's right. I mean, and I think that um, one of the things that I've also found to be a positive is things that seemed like they were bad, like, you know, I was kidding about phoning it in because that's usually thought of as a bad thing. In this case, it turns out to be a, a reason why we're able to provide a service that years ago we wouldn't have been able to. And I've also seen in the community itself of, um, of blind people in Massachusetts, and I've kind of experienced this, that for us, there's a positive in not having to figure out the logistics of travel all the time. So I think Marcel's right. There are pieces of this that may remain afterwards where maybe meetings will offer options for people with vision impairments or people with other disabilities to be able to attend virtually. And, um, you know, because there are not all of this is, is awful for us. I mean, it's certainly terrible that so many people are ill and people are losing family members. I'm not, I don't want to make light of it, but for some, for some of our daily life as um, people with vision impairments, I find that I can work with more people. I can work with more people longer term sometimes. If somebody needs more assistance, I find that I can attend more trainings and conferences that ordinarily I'd have to think about, well, how am I going to get there? And is it accessible where it is? And once I get there, you know, all the things that go through a person's mind when you're blind, um, I, I get a Zoom link and I click it and I'm in the meeting. So it's, 
it's uh it's an interesting mix yes it is i just want to add one thing because this is something you and i had a discussion about and it's this uh situation has kind of made us reassess how we provide instruction and the use of our language uh, because sometimes we're doing everything on the phone or because we're not there with the client we're doing it virtually we have to be precise in how we speak and how we describe something we have had to kind of have more attention to detail in that sense and i think that's a benefit i think that's something that will help me as an rt in the future uh, because even if i do an in-person meeting I'll have that skill of being more precise with the words that I use and the descriptions I give. I can tell you as a, as a blind person that's a really good thing in general for all of us because lack of description is one of our gripes in life. It's over there. It's right over there. Um, not that an RT would do that, but it's no, the I, fact I that don't you do are that. learning how to talk in a way that we actually understand. Um, that we're sort of on the same playing field sometimes. You can't see me and I can't see you. And it's it's it really does create a different dynamic that's kind of interesting. Well, thank you, Jim and Marcel, for the great advice. Um, is there anything else you would like to add before we wrap up this episode? Um, I would just like to say that rehabilitation teaching is focuses on the individual and RTs work with the individual to help them meet their personal goals. Yeah, and I, I'd like to say that, um, especially for people who are thinking of this in terms of vocational rehabilitation, that sometimes people ask me, why are you asking me about how I cook my meals or whatever? We're supposed to be talking about a workplace. That, you know, the reality is, if you're going to get to work, you've got to be able to deal with your clothing. You've got to be able to deal with your food and your finances and all these other aspects of your life because that's how you live a full and independent life and and um i can tell you you know as a in my own life i i can't say that blindness is the most um it's the most fun aspect of my life but on the other hand um i can't say that it really takes away from it either i wouldn't trade my life for anybody i know wow well thank you both again for joining us today. Thank you, oh, for, thank you us. for having us. Oh, thank you for having us. And have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thanks. You too. Thank you.